Yes sir, 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 yes Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's the podcast with balls about balls. All right. Ooh. And we are your Somebody hosts. Sound like they going on the struggle train right now. What? <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. I'm sleepy. Sleepy boy. Dying, dying. <laughs> you already know who this is. This is Nels, aka Big Facts, in full effect. Dylan, I already know this weather outside ain't doing you no favors as far as your sleepiness goes. No, it's what I need, baby. No favors. No favors. Well, good thing we don't got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be in and out of this bitch. You're going to right back to sleep at all. We'll see. Episode 144. 144. Unfortunately. Hey, four plus four and one make nine. Sure. Shout out to Carson Palmer. <laughs> happy, uh, happy almost Juneteenth. Right. Facts. Facts. Before you continue, we're talking about days. I just wanted to say today, um, and I want to say this was like seven years ago, on this day, Ray Allen hit the three-pointer that sent the Miami Heat-San Antonio game into overtime. My wife was the one that actually gave me that trivia. Shout out to my wife, by the way, my beautiful wife. That was a great three-pointer. One of the yes, best three pointers of all time. All Easily. time. Also, I wanted to make a mention on uh, I wanted to make a mention that we have on our social media, and that uh, on the seventeenth, which was was it that yesterday? Yeah, on the seventeenth in nineteen ninety four was one of the most interesting days in sports, right? And I just wanted to say on that day. The World Cup in the United States was commenced. Um, the New York Rangers had their ticker tape parade. Arnold Palmer had his final round of golf in the U.S. Open. There was a pivotal game five of the NBA Finals between the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets. Ken Griffey hit a home run, and he tied Babe Ruth for the most home run, the fastest amount of games to 30 home runs, so he was on his way to either tying or breaking um, Roger Maris' record at that time. But the MLB season got cut short because of the strike. And on that same day, while all that right, while all that sports was happening, um, OJ Simpson Chase happened. Nice. Um, ninety four, on yesterday. Sheesh. Yeah, there's actually a documentary. There's a documentary on it on uh, ESPN, the Thirty for Thirty. Um, it's called uh, June Seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. Now, I think it's one of the most interesting documentaries I've ever seen. You want to know why? Nah. Usually on documentaries, people too late. I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> usually on documentaries, there's people who are talking or giving like a recount or, or a different account of what went on. In this documentary, there's nobody talking. There is no person like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving commentary. None of that. None of that. There's no uh, what is the thing? No narrator. Nothing. It's literally all raw footage. Of all the things that's happening that day. And I think that's like one of the doper concepts I've seen 
in a documentary. So I encourage, especially y'all two, to just give it a give it a try. I think I watched it already. Yeah, that junk is absolutely fire. Thirty for thirty, be I'll doing it, man. Yeah, let me know what you think. It's it's really good. I got you. Yeah, thirty for thirty is done well. Uh, did you guys watch the one on uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa? No, that's just because I'm not a baseball fan at all. So like, I, right. just, I had no interest in it. Um, I watched it. Uh, it wasn't bad. A lot of people said that it was trash, and I understand why. I think it was because of expectation. Because you know those guys. They were really the, they brought baseball back, but come to find out they were allegedly using, well, not even allegedly, um, Mark McGuire was for sure using steroids, yeah. yeah. Sammy Sosa said he never used whatever, whatever, even though he was found positive on a test that was supposed to be, um, was supposed to be, uh, what's the freaking word, dude? The, uh... Nobody's supposed to know. It's anonymous. It's supposed to be anonymous. And somehow, someway, New York Times got a hold of it and found out that he was one of the players that tested positive. And um, I think people wanted more of that. But what they did was they really recapped the 1998 season. And that was more or less the documentary. So I think I saw what the documentary was supposed to do, which was like find the positives of the situation. But I think people really wanted to hear about you know them taking and you know like what went on it and they and they spoke about that maybe for like ten minutes, and that was that and like you know that whole debate came up like should they be in a hall of fame should they not, and, and it I still thought it was pretty good but because of what people expected it to be they thought that it it was a a dub. I'm so not lying. baseball is tough for me to say you should be in the hall of fame if you was taking steroids that was making you fucking hit home runs out the motherfucking park every day. This is facts. Uh, my only argument towards that is, and I don't, I don't care either way. I feel like there's a bunch of people that took steroids in baseball. Um, for the record, uh, steroids is more of an enhancer than anything. At the end of the day, you still got to have the hand-eye coordination to be able to get to be able to swing that ball through and do what you got to do. Facts. Let everybody take steroids. Yeah, I'd be more they professional. In baseball. Exactly. They professionals. At the end of the day, you learn that. You feel me? That's a given. No, I feel that. That's the hardest thing to do. That's my main reason why I feel like they shouldn't be in. Because it's like everybody probably has that basic knowledge of the hand-eye coordination. And then you take the steroids just to add to your enhancing of your, like the power of your swing, your strength and stuff like that and all that. Even if you're on the outfield, enhancing you at your speed to be able to get to a ball or your strength to be able to throw the ball all the way downfield. Like that I'm not you. disagreeing. I feel like that. No, would I'm not disagreeing you. at all. I feel like a, a, steroids would affect you more in baseball than most other sports. Like maybe, like maybe, maybe not football, but like shit, even football. Maybe like way more than basketball, football. Because football, you still got to learn how. You still got to be able to catch that ball. You feel me? Football, you still. Gotta I feel be, like be able to throw accurately. Accurately. No, the the main thing I think steroids like gives an advantage over is the ability to be able to be at your best longer. That's what I think. Because even when, like, Mark McGuire is talking about it, Mark McGuire didn't need steroids to hit all them home runs. Like, he was already a monstrous home run hitter. But he got injured a lot. He missed a lot of 93. He missed a lot of 94. I think his first year he got injured was 91. So in his first eight years, he had three years that was cut short. So he wasn't even taking full-fledged steroids for the enhancement purposes. 
He was just trying to stay healthy so he could play a full season. And he finally played a full season. And what happened? Instead of him hitting like 58 or 59 or 56 home runs, he had 70. Because right. he was actually healthy. So uh, that's why I think it's, it's a give and take. Do I, do I still think that he was right for taking it? No. If it was illegal, it was illegal. If it was... I don't know why he took HGH because Barry Bonds was already a five-time MVP. He was already considered one of the greatest ever to play the game, but it appears to me that he well, wasn't, wanted to well, wasn't it not be like a home run for hitter. Barry Bonds? No, it was no, no, no. He definitely, no, no. He definitely took HGH. He was on that. But see, but the interesting thing about Mark McGuire is the what Mark McGuire took apparently was it wasn't illegal. He just took it. So he kind of like played a loophole, but at the end of the day, steroids is still steroid. You see what I'm saying? But Barry Bonds definitely took AGH. Like the man got huge. If you ever want to see how crazy it was, take some time and go on Google and just put Barry Bonds in 96 or 97 and look at Barry Bonds in 2001, 2002. It's two completely different people. He went from being like a, a power hitter who had some speed to strictly being a power hitter. Like it's, it's out of control. So, you know, I, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's rumors with everybody. I mean, there's rumors that LeBron James took steroids. I mean, I I never discount anybody. You know what I'm saying? But if LeBron was, if somebody like LeBron was to take steroids, he's not taking steroids because he needs it. He's taking steroids so the man can stay healthy. Because I know he getting his ass whooped on a day-to-day basis. Shit, but that yeah. means you still trash. Because, bitch, everybody is trying to be healthy. So, how yo, niggas been, and niggas been praising you for being able to stay healthy for long. So, that's. If that were to come out that you took steroids, bud, yo, career tainted now. Facts. Because longevity is part of what people say makes you great. Exactly. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. Facts. But yeah, man, I just wanted to at least start it with the the documentary (laughs) bit real quick because, you know, that's all we have right now. And wrestling. Facts. Speaking of, uh, WWE Backlash was Sunday. And uh, before we recap that, I do just want to mention... Last week on SmackDown, uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan fought for the Intercontinental title in what was an amazing technical wrestling match. Like, if you guys have a chance, go and watch it. Like, it was really a showcase of two of the best in the business right now. Um, So I definitely want to shout that out. Uh, But to recap, Backlash, uh, Dylan and I both went 6-1. and For our picks, Nels, you went five and two. God damn it! Yep. Um, so to start things Sick off. Sick of this. I hate it here. <laughs> Apollo Cruz retained his United States Championship against Andrade. Yeah. Shout out to Frat. Shout out to Frat. Uh, Sheamus beat Jeff Hardy. Your Sheamus. Yeah, none of us got that one. Um, the women's tag team. Triple Threat Championship match. Uh, Bailey and Sasha retain their titles against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss and the Iconics. So uh, Dylan and I got that right. No, you got that wrong. Clearly. Who you pick? <laughs> Iconics. He picked the Iconics. Um, I did. The Raw Women's Championship match between Asuka and Nia Jax was cool. Uh, ended up being a double countout. No clear winner there, uh, but since Oscar retained, we all picked Oscar, so I gave us all the point for that one. So I haven't, I haven't watched it quite yet, not all of it in full. So that's one of the matches that I missed, but I definitely want to watch. I saw on Twitter 
that a lot of people were upset with Nia Jackson. They felt like she was purposely trying to hurt Asuka. Is that true? Um, it sure or looked like s- it at times. She was very physically aggressive. I don't know if that's just because Asuka can take it. And, like, maybe they were like, hey, listen, it's okay. Like, because Asuka, before she came to WWE, she was a professional kickboxer and stuff. So, like, she's used to getting hit for real, for real. So, she can she can take some punishment. So, I don't yeah, know if maybe... Yeah, some people were, like, really upset. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe they had a talk backstage, like, hey, listen, like, lay in lay, lay into those hits a little bit. Lay into those slams a little bit more, you know? Like, I, I'm good. I can take it, you know? But I, I get why people would say that, because it definitely did look... Uh, more physical than necessary at times. Gotcha. And I think a lot of that is coming off of the fact that Nia just hurt um, Kyrie Sane a couple weeks ago on Raw. Like, she slammed on her... On purpose? No, but, like, it was one of those... It's one of those, I guess she didn't know her own strength type things because Kyrie Sane's a little girl, and she threw Kyrie face down... Face down uh, sorry, face first down into the steel steps and gashed Kyrie's forehead open. Like... It was a pre-taped match, so, like, word is, like, they had to stop what they were doing. Me- like, the, the medical team had to come. It says, like, she was, like, gushing blood, apparently. And, like, they were able to clean it up and, and seal it enough to where, strength, to where Nia can do her finisher and end the match, you know, for she TV sake. She knows her own but, strength, bro. Niggas need to stop making yeah, but you can see, but, yeah, but you can see her getting slammed into the steps on Raw. Like, they did show that. They just didn't show any of the blood or anything like that. She know her strength, bro. That girl steady hurting somebody. Yeah. And let's not forget, Damn. Nia was also the person who broke Becky Lynch's nose exactly. a co- like a couple years ago um, that had Becky gushing blood all over the place. I don't see her career there being that much longer, bro. You don't know how to She seems She without. seems reckless. Yeah, she. it definitely comes across as being very reckless in the ring, which uh, doesn't make for a long career. Um, but to move on from that, Braun Strowman defended his Universal Championship against Miz and Morrison. We all knew that was going to happen. No Fiend. However, they did advertise that Bray Wyatt will be returning for a Firefly Funhouse on Friday for SmackDown. So I guess we'll see who he's setting his sights on. I imagine it'll be Braun. But who knows at this point? Uh, Matt Riddle. I like what they're doing with Braun, though, to be honest with you. It's straight. That's cool. It's straight. Um, Matt Riddle is also going to be making his debut on this upcoming SmackDown. So, excited to see who he's going to be mixing it up with. Right. Um, the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. McIntyre retained, which we all predicted. Actually, it was a pretty good match. Um, they definitely had in-ring chemistry with each other. Uh, you know, it showed Bobby Lashley could, you know, perform. <laughs> when called upon, unlike uh, WrestleMania and whatever the pay-per-view was after that. Uh, so it looks like they're continuing that rivalry for now, which I'm okay with. And uh, yeah. And then the buffer between that match and the main event was a, uh, a backstage brawl segment with the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, um, complete with them fighting a group of ninjas uh, a very large, like seven foot tall ninja that was, I believe, a USF basketball player. Um, and yeah, it was very cheesy at times. It was entertaining, I would say, overall. You talking about the? And, oh yeah, that shit was funny. 
Yeah, like I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I I'm it okay was with cheesy, but it was it, it was, was definitely cheesy, but like it was intentionally cheesy. So I'm okay with that. I don't like when they're trying to be legit and serious and it's cheesy. Like that shit's just corny to me, and I don't I don't really fuck with that. But in this case, it was for entertainment purposes. It kind of fit with everything they've been doing over the past number of weeks with their anything you can do I can do better uh, rivalry that they've had going on. Um, and this is all eventually going to lead to a tag nice team match. title match between the two. So we'll see if that's going to happen either at uh, Extreme Rules, which is the next pay-per-view, or at SummerSlam, which is the pay-per-view after that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but overall, liked it. Uh, was cool with everything there. And the main event, the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match ever, um, Randy Orton beat Edge. Very, very good match. Yeah, I yeah, will say, say sorry. that. You was talking cash shit. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say sorry. I, Why, I said it because could... they pre-recorded it, so they took breaks. That shit was no, okay. Fire. Well, no one's. I never said it wasn't gonna be very good. Never said that. I just said it's not gonna be the greatest of all time, and it wasn't. Um, it was a very good match. They did take very many breaks. And because of that, Edge got hurt because they kept taking many breaks and doing reshoots and things like that. Tore his triceps. So you can thank WWE for that one. Edge got hurt because um, Edge always getting hurt. <laughs> hey, well, why he, you was, sound he wasn't hurt so... in any of the regular matches when they went back and tried to do reshoots. Reshoots when he got hurt. Because he always getting hurt. But that's not why, though. Man got hurt because he. Yo, can't. Booty, you Edge sound so cynical right now. Huh? You sound so cynical right now. No, I'm just I'm just saying like it, it was a very good match, but I think WWE was was dumb for for making him do all that reshoots, considering he hasn't been putting his body through that punishment in nine years, and you're gonna make him go back and continuously do this stuff and that stuff. You're asking for an injury, so I, I put all that blame on WWE for that one. Um, like I said, was a very good match. I wasn't crazy about them pumping in crowd noise. I get why they did it, um, but it, it looks. Okay, and it, it was cool at times, but other times when you see the actual crowd in there just kind of standing there not doing anything with a bunch that's of crowd cool. noise, that made it kind of corny. Because them boys was trash. Understandable, they, but they that's why not. I'm saying it makes it look corny. I feel you, bro. I'm just giving you my side, bro. I feel you. But yeah, overall, man. over anyways, overall. <laughs> I was very y'all, man. Hey, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Um yeah, very good match. Probably match of the year, I would say, at this point. Was it the greatest match ever? No. I can that's, name that, at least I can name at least five other matches that are better than this. Name them now. But once go, again, that, now, okay. go. That don't involve blood. That don't involve weapons. Okay, first of all, he bled for like two seconds and then he, they wiped it clean and he yeah, was exactly. fine. Um, I don't oh, that's him. another thing. I also didn't like the random camera angles underneath them when there was no camera there. That was awkward like that they didn't need that i think i took away from it a little bit um but i would say both Shawn michaels versus undertaker matches were better i would say stone cold steve austin versus bret hart at wrestlemania 13 was better uh both yeah. stone cold versus rock matches at wrestlemania's were better um Young boys bled all day that's the only reason the triple h versus chris benoit versus um i want to say jericho triple threat at Wrestlemania it might not have been Jericho it might have been uh, either Stone Cold or Rock in that but that was better um, 
Yeah. But that doesn't take anything so away from this point, match. Nels, it was great. So to your point, Nels, it was arguably one of the greatest matches. Oh, I'm sure some people will find it to be the greatest match ever. But just in my opinion, it wasn't. It, it wasn't close. Just because you do a bunch of other people's finishers doesn't make it the greatest wrestling match of all time. So, But they ain't start doing that till like, the end. That shit was dope. I like the way yeah, it was dope. I'm not taking like anything away from the match, Dylan. <laughs> I'm not saying you did. The Nels, tell this man that he don't need. But you can talk to me. You don't got to talk to Nels, but I'm right I'm talking, here. I can I'm see. Talking, you. I'm talking to both of y'all, but I'm saying Nels right now. Show ass up. Let me finish what I got to say. Me saying what I'm saying is me giving my opinion on it, not telling, not contradicting yours. Is telling you, well, I thought it was dope. Okay. So next time uh, I say I think it was dope, when you say you think it wasn't, just accept that I say it was dope, and that you said it was. Apparently, Buddha, I agree it was dope. Um, Dylan is just trying to give his own standpoint. He's not trying to contradict what you're saying. No, so the funny. next time that he said something is dope, and you say that it wasn't, it just is what it but is. I, but I didn't say add, it wasn't. Add dope. the cho ass up part at the end though. Cho ass up. Dylan, was it the was it the greatest wrestling match you've ever seen? Was it the greatest wrestling? It was one of them. Okay. But was it the greatest wrestling match you have ever the seen? The greatest I don't know what wrestling, the greatest wrestling match, match I've ever you've seen. ever okay. seen. I don't know what. Nels, was it the greatest wrestling match you've ever seen? Um, well, given that I haven't seen it quite yet, no. Oh, but the greatest okay. wrestling match I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm watching today. Greatest wrestling match I've ever seen would probably be Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. That's a great Royal match, Rumble. too. That's a great match. The yeah, ladder match so, for the IC yes. title? Yeah, yes. Excellent match. That that match is fucking speaking amazing. Of, speaking of, Dylan, did you watch that match I told you to watch? No. Oh, bro, you got to watch that, bro. That I've shit. been watching them for a while now, kid. I'm so tired of watching them, boy. <laughs> like, I've been watching them fight nonstop, kid. It's like, but this bro, is like old Eddie. This is when he had the big mullet and everything, bro. I like, that shit was just, great. I'm tired of watching them, niggas. I've been watching them, boy, yeah. every day for like the last it was a, two it was a, it was a title. It was a title versus mask match. That shit was fire. Love it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, sorry, Brandon. But Ray no, honestly, too. I'm guessing Ray won that too. Yeah, he did. Ray been whooping his ass. That's what I'm tired of seeing. It. Bro, the man beat Ray Mysterio one time <laughs> ever. Once, once. Who, who beat Ray Mysterio once? Eddie Guerrero. Though. Eddie. They size that man. That man could beat anybody else. That nigga beat Ray Mysterio one time, bro, in his whole life. One time. Right. We got, we I don't, don't want to go too deep down a wrestling rabbit hole like we did last week because I know we got some other stuff to talk about. I one do just want to hit on real quick. Kid. <laughs> Once again, amazing match. Match of the year. Might be the best match in the past couple years. I do kind of have to take points away considering they did all these reshoots and retakes to make it perfect and all these other great matches didn't. So they did have that benefit and you got to give them... And boys hit you the gotta, three amigos. I'm just saying. So yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Randy Orton hitting the three amigos. Um, he tried. Oh yeah, kind Edge of. Got it. Edge ended up getting that bit. Yeah, Edge reversed it and ended up doing it on his ass. <laughs> it was crazy what I liked about that. It wasn't even just about doing people's specials. It was doing guys that are really good technical wrestlers. Oh, yeah, of course. Ring. I was like, y'all doing course. guys that are known to be like some of the best technical wrestlers in the world, in WWE. That's why I feel, I feel like that's what the greatest wrestling match ever aspect came from. I feel like they were trying to find a way. Like, I guess that's what they were trying to incorporate was like they're emphasizing the wrestling. So, I guess they treated it as like we're gonna sit there, we're gonna go at it, but then we're also gonna like include moves from all the greatest technical wrestlers in the game. So you got moves, yeah. You got Orton hitting the angle, the 
Orton hit the Olympic slam on his ass. Right. And I just think I just think uh when you when you put that uh when you emphasize that uh tagline to it, I think it just puts so much pressure. Like I feel like you could have been they could have said, you know, oh, this could end up being one of the greatest wrestling matches. Oh, this is going to be a wrestling clinic and stuff like that. And still done all of those things and it still be amazing. But I think that added pressure made them have to go back and do all these reshoots and get and it eventually resulted in Edge getting hurt. And, you know, it's funny because I was listening to a Randy Orton interview and he was talking about it. When him and Edge both heard that that's the route they were going, they thought they were like it was a rib, like meaning they thought it was a joke from you know, Vince and stuff like that, that that's the angle they yeah, were going to be working with. Though. That means it, it and, match went well because then Andy, Randy ended it with telling that nigga to go home to his wife and family, but so now he can actually... Well, they had to redo, they had to do that because of the, because of the injury. Nice. Once he got hurt, they had, they had to reshoot the end to where it would give him a reason to be gone for a while. Nice. Um, and we don't know how long he is going to be gone. And shouts out to Randy for bringing the punt back. But, uh, Right. Even though it's not back for real, but it's you know. Yeah, you're like you're never doing that again. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, he did it the next night on Raw to Christian, but uh, damn, that nigga's savage. Yeah, but once again, pre-taped, and I'm sure they do the pre-tape because they can make sure everybody moves out of the way, and it's you know the camera angle cuts yeah. at the right time and stuff. That escalated because really there's too much risk like, live. You know you're not gonna do that again, right? Yeah, he did it the next day. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So. um yeah, I mean, I don't know how long Edge is going to be gone for. They're saying it could be, you know, four months. It could be eight months. You know, it really just depends on how fast he heals. Um, so, so we'll see. I'm Ooh, sure that means Edge like forty. Yeah, that. But this does mean there is going to be a third match between them because they're now one and one in this you new rivalry. Retire, bro. Yeah. If you so, wrestle uh, every time you wrestle, your fans go, "Oh my god, isn't that? Oh my god, you don't need to be in there." <laughs> so, We'll see what happens there. There are the last two things wrestling related that I did want to touch on. Uh, it seems like Dominic uh, Mysterio is going to be jumping right to Raw instead of going to NXT. He's been getting trained by his dad and stuff because he's now firmly in this rivalry between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins and you know Seth Rollins' uh, cronies, I guess you want to call them. He showed up on Raw and attacked Rollins and got the best of Murphy and Austin Theory. Um, he seems pretty agile in the ring. And he seems to be getting in like pretty decent in-ring shape too. Uh, so I don't know how good he's going to be. But if he's getting trained by his dad, who's one of the best, if not the best cruiserweight of all time, then, you know, we'll see. We and, will see, man. Yeah. Interessante. And then one thing I'm looking forward to next week on NXT is going to be a triple threat match for the North American Championship. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. The winner of that will go on to face Adam Cole in a winner-takes-all match. Say that again? So, so it's Keith Lee defending his North American title in a triple threat against Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Hmm. The winner of that match will go on to face Adam Cole, so it'll be North American Champion versus Adam Cole. The winner is... Double champion, basically. Winner takes all. I know they're not about to give Adam Cole double championships. So it could be Keith Lee. It could be Finn Balor. Who knows? But somebody's going to eventually walk out with two belts in the next uh, two weeks. I ain't going to lie. That's a dope little concept, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. 
Official. But that's that's all I got for for wrestling. That's lit. What? Yes. All sir. right. So um, I wanted to kind of jump into the NBA real quick. Um, before I get into the whole Kyrie Irving thing, I kind of wanted to break down um, what has been released on Twitter so far. Shout out to Shams Carinia or Charinia. Um, usually it's Woj that does this, but he beat Woj to all of this, which is pretty interesting. So it's going to be very interesting how the NBA is going to do this. And I think this is another reason why the players are kind of going to be a little bothered and upset with this. Um, so apparently, um, I'm pretty sure it's Shams Charania. Um, but uh, a lot of players who had injuries, they're kind of deciding to just sit it out. Kelly Oubre uh, messed up his leg. He's out for the remainder of the year. There's another person who got injured. Can't remember who it was, but they got like a magic band that they're going to wear in Disney. Um, it's going to be a room key and it's going to provide security checkpoints and coronavirus testing check-ins. Um, so they're going to do something where they're going to enter immediate isolation in separate, separate locations. Uh, they can retest if need be. Um, and that's if they test positive. Sorry, they enter immediate isolation separation location. They retest to confirm if they're positive, and then they exit isolation after consecutive negative tests and return to activities. Um, if they fail to comply with protocols, they can face potential discipline such as warning, fine, suspension, and or removal from the bubble. Um, let's see. All players have to certify. All players, team staff, and guests will be required to certify in writing and they will adhere to all pre-arrival rules and league rules while on the campus. Um, the NBA will have two rows on the bench. First row will be player and coaches, no mask required, but recommended that coaches wear masks. Second row will be the other players and coaches, and they must wear masks at all times unless they're active players. Uh, players will also wear will have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player if he stands more than five seconds within six feet of another person on the campus who is also wearing the same alarm. They also have a game day schedule. So um, on the day of the game, they're going to have breakfast. Um, then they'll get transported to the shoot-around and then back to the hotel for post-shoot-around lunch. And I'll have downtime at the hotel, which I'll describe what that is. Um, and pregame, they will transport to the court for warm-up. Then they'll have their pregame meeting, pregame warm-ups, and then the pregame introductions will start at around like 7, 7, 10. And then after the game, they'll have their postgame team meeting. Then they'll have the postgame media. And then they'll transport to the hotel. And then obviously they'll have showers and a meal at the hotel. So that appears to be the day-to-day -day schedule for them. There's going to be three locations that they're going to have these games. All those places uh, are going to have a broadcast court. Um, two of the places have practice courts. All of them have weight and training areas as well as locker rooms. Um, so on the Orlando campus, what they have is the hotel amenities will have a players-only lounge where they'll have NBA 2K, TVs, gaming. They'll have pool and they'll also have trails that they can go on. Barbers will be there. Manicurists, pedicurists, obviously for the families. 24-hour VIP concierge. Their daily entertainment will be movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping pong, pool, and lawn games. And players can attend the other games. So if they want to go watch a game, they can. Um, the NBA teams have been informed that they will be requiring be positions for... Facts. They'll be requiring positions for a 35-person traveling party, which will include the athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach, equipment manager, and team security official, 
Each team can include a player's private personal trainer, massage therapist, or security. Um, and according to seating, and I haven't checked these hotels to see if they tried the teams that are lower, but in the Grand Destino, you'll have the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. In the Grand Floridian, you'll have Thunder, 76ers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, Magic. And in the Yacht Club, you have the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and Wizards. Um, apparently, the schedule will be from the 22nd to the 29th. Teams will play three scrimmage games against other NBA teams residing in their same hotel. <laughs> and then uh, players could wear could have the option of wearing a ring that could help with the early detection of coronavirus. It will track their temperature as well as their respiratory and heart rate. So, yeah, it appears that they have they have an actual plan on what they want to do. Um, if anybody leaves the Orlando campus, they have to do ten to fourteen days self quarantine reduction in compensation for games missed. And they have to do the enhanced testing, which is that deep nasal swab that makes you cough and sneeze everywhere. Um, So it appears that they they have it correct. Um, Buddha, what is the deadline for the uh, for when uh, the players have to say they want to play or not or whatever? It's June 24th. They have until uh, if they don't want to participate, they have until the 24th to notify their team. And they would, and if they don't, they would have a severely reduced compensation or something. So, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it appears that they have everything together. However, as you know, there's going to be players that want to sit out, and this is where Kyrie Irving comes to play. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but uh, Kyrie Irving he uh, has made comments on on pretty much. Uh, saying that he feels as though um, there shouldn't be... Well, he agrees with the players, and he was one of the main ones to speak out that they shouldn't be playing, especially during this like really tense time uh, with the deaths that have occurred. He feels like right now is not the time to be playing basketball. They should be more concentrated on the community and doing what they need to do to make sure that things are getting better. Um, so what happens is, apparently it came out that Kyrie Irving suggested in a Nets group chat that they should start their own league. And um, somewhere, somehow, somebody tweeted that it wasn't true. However, he did end up leaving that chat, and he let out that he was feeling scapegoated because of his views on the NBA restart because it's not like he's the only one. Um, One of the reasons why he feels that way is because um, Kendrick Perkins came out and said on Get Up, Kyrie Irving, right now, you are the distraction. You're distracting the whole situation. It's crazy to me because you come out and do something separately without talking to your NBA Player Association president, Chris Paul, or cons- or consulting with Michelle Roberts and go off and do something totally different and get a group of guys together and say, let's sit out. It makes zero sense, and I totally disagree with you, Kyrie Irving. So due to that, KD, uh, he comments by calling him a sellout. And then retweets a video of Kendrick Perkins airballing an elbow jumper, and the. Uh, but I feel Kendrick though. Kendrick, but Kendrick always Kendrick always coming for somebody like Kendrick. Sit your ass. You're not playing. Man, I get that, but I, but I do I do agree with the fact that like yo like there was a then different DM way to he always like, on he always on Twitter with it. <laughs> 
Well, he did this on ESPN Get Out, so that I think that makes it even more of a. Why you say he? Retweeted? It's a bigger platform. Oh, they put it on the ESPN. Yeah, Get no, Out he, he no, he didn't retweet it. He just called him a sellout. What he oh, did true. do is re, he retweeted somebody who said, "It's all good, perp. Real NBA fans know you were one of the most lethal hoopers back in the day." What? And it posted a video of him airballing a shot. <laughs> he so he's being sarcastic, and KD retweeted that. Oh, okay, bet. Yeah, that was. Yeah, so he, he, he he's. Yeah, he called him a sellout on Instagram under the quote that was said by Kendrick Perkins. So he called him a sellout. I think do so, so I mean, you know, this is... I, I, I see all perspectives. Um, and I'd love for you guys to weigh in on it. Uh, I mean, me personally, I feel that it, it doesn't neither help nor hurt your platform if you decide to play or not play. But I think that, you know... You have a platform because you play basketball. Your platform is important, especially due to the fact that you play basketball. So now that you're going to be in like this private bubble, you're going to have access to media more than probably you would back when everything was opened up. I think that if you have something to say, that now would be the best time to say it, especially if you're in that scenario and that circumstance. However, I do understand players wanting to stay in their community and wanting to be a part of the positive social action that is taking place due to these horrific crimes. But I do see the other side also. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think they should play. I think it's a good it's good platform for them to play, like you said. I would say, like, um, I don't know, it's like you had mentioned earlier, you know, they could wear their shirts again. I know, because, the, like, they wore the I Can't Breathe shirts that, like, back when the other... Uh, uh, Eric Garner. Happened. Yeah, Eric Garner yeah. happened a, a few uh, years back. Um, I feel like they could do that. I feel like the league should allow them to wear like BLM armbands while they're playing if they want, um, or sleeves or something like that. You know, they should be able to to do that kind of stuff. I liked it. What about you, Dylan? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in between about it. You know, I don't really see that. I don't. I feel, I feel like they could do a lot. Of, I don't necessarily disagree with Kyrie. You know. You feel me? Like if if he feels like he he's better suited in his community. I mean, then then again, he doesn't have to play. But you know, I feel like he will end up playing just because of the fact that you know the pressures. That I think that's play. the part that bothers a lot of players is that I think it's the fact that he won't be playing. Number one, number two. If you want me to be honest with you, oh, I don't not think playing? it's so much. He he can't play. He's injured. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so like I think it hurts him. Secondly, I think it's not so much the message, but more the messenger, right? Like Kyrie doesn't have the best platform, I guess to say, to be able to speak on these things because, I mean, first and foremost, remember, regardless of whatever reason he said it, he's definitely one of the people who were like talking about a flat earth. So that's already something that kind of hurt him a little bit. And then... Remember when he was sitting there in that little press conference or that thing with the fans in Boston, he said that he wanted to come back and would come back if the Celtics wanted him to, which they did, and he ended up clearing it anyway. But so he doesn't have like, the best favor in, in that context. I don't necessarily disagree with them starting their own shit. I, I don't have a problem with them starting their own league either, but and it's like, I, mean, and I feel like it sucks. I hope, it sucks like there's something that he puts in a group chat gets exposed. Yeah, that's corny. 
whoever whoever leaked fuck. that whoever whoever leaked that shit is that's corny you as fuck. Me? He didn't go out in the interview and say like I could say whatever I I could have whatever I want about where I'll see us moving in the future based on right. What's that could have just been that could have just been a for all we know that could have just been a passing thought he had like you feel out me? It's of not frustration. Like, it's not like exactly. It's not like it's something that he's trying to implement right now. At the end of the day, it could have been something that he wants to move forward towards. You feel me? Especially with the times that we're having now. You know, like so. I feel like it sucks that his idea that he put to a group chat, which isn't a bad one, got exposed so that he can get exposed. Yeah, first. absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with him saying that at all. It's just that I hope that if they are trying to create a new league, that they learn from the other big four competitions like XFL and stuff, and make sure that they actually shit, do mean, it correctly. That should probably do. And now. and and do what they need to do. It should probably did. Now he again? came in there with the idea, and then somebody exposed him off. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Want to do it no more. It's like yeah, absolutely. I came in there and, with and, a group of people. I I think I could trust throwing out this idea, and then y'all exposed me for it, regardless. So it's like my my teammates, like you know so yeah, your you teammates. You're supposed to be on a team with your teammates exposed you for your ideas. So it's like I feel like the only way that that's works, nuts. right? And and, and that's, maybe he gets hit up and, by somebody that also feels that way, and they built on that. But other than that, I don't think. That's about to move forward anymore because they exposed him like that. Right. I think it's one of two scenarios: either he really did say it, or he didn't, and the next player lied because he would have no reason to leave the group chat unless there was some messed up ish going on in the background. He left the chat. Yeah, yeah, he left that. He left that group chat. They apparently like there was a tweet that came out and said, "Oh, Kyrie never." It was never confirmed that Kyrie actually said those things in the group chat. And then it said later on that uh, Kyrie uh, ended up leaving the group. Ended up leaving the chat. See? He feels scapegoated. He feels like right. everybody jumping on him, and it's not just his idea. Right, niggas. And I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Niggas is all on his dick right now, like, cause he had, cause he's different. Right. I would say, like, he's I would not say with the status only, quo, uh, and he's getting exiled. He's getting outed right now for not being with the status quo. Like the stuff we're talking about, like. Him being a flat earther, that's him. That's just there's a bunch of flat earthers out here in the world. But the fact that he's one of the few flat earthers in the NBA, and all of a sudden, you know, people look at him crazy, or because he's a, not a, you feel me? He's he. Everybody has controversy, but for some reason, he gets the blunt. Whenever it's Kyrie controversy, niggas go crazy. Right. And when it comes to and, and uh, I think you know it's it's that and also. I feel as though a lot of people are upset and they're kind of missing the bigger picture here. Like, um, Buddha, I know you mentioned the Pat Beverly tweet. I don't know if you wanted to make a mention of that here on the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And and I also I also just want to say before I mention that, um, and this would be my only pushback for the players that don't want to participate, um, is, you know, what what are you doing now that you couldn't also be doing from Orlando. Um, granted, yeah, maybe you can't be at a protest in your city, but you can still be on your social media platform encouraging everybody to go out and protest, encouraging all of this, and you can still be funding whatever charities you want to fund. So I, I'm not really sure what, uh, if it's just, the oh, it's a distraction from what's going on. I disagree because you could, like I was saying earlier, you could be doing stuff whether it's during the game feel, or pre-game, I think you know, he's him saying it's a to distraction. Raise awareness it isn't to just it. as far as them, you know. Like, I feel like it's a distract. It could be a distraction for the people involved and not like the the regular people. You feel me? Because as much as a lot, because they're gonna want to watch basketball. Yeah, because a lot of people are gonna now 
not be able like just they can now focus on basketball and from what I've seen on social media, it doesn't take a lot to distract people. So it's like I get yeah, what he's saying in that. See, but in that same because- in that same context though, even if they're watching basketball, they can still make it to where although they're watching, it can still keep the focus on what's going on. And and I feel what Buddha's saying about social media, and I'm not arguing you here with you, Dylan. I I'm just adding a different perspective. I feel that um, they would be on social media more being in that bubble, considering that they can't go very many places and can't participate in very many things. So I would assume that they would be on their social media even more, dropping content and their opinions and stuff like that. I, I could be wrong, but that's that's. I don't know. What I, I, don't, I feel I like when, I don't. See, I feel like when they get head in deep basketball mode, I don't think they're gonna be trying to juggle throwing out a post every between games or between this. Like, I feel like the most that we're going right. to get out of this is like maybe like like you said the shirts and the armbands and stuff which is all cute. Yeah. But they've done this before. You feel me? But right. at, the same, at the same time, majority of that game is them in their team uniform playing basketball. And I feel like people yeah, so, are and, watching and, for and, that, and here's, that alone rather than focusing on what's actually going on in the world. Um, and I and I have another point to make, but I want to make the point after Buddha introduced the Pat the Beverly tweet, thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so. Patrick Beverly basically said, and I, I mean, I tend to agree um, that if LeBron plays, we're all playing. And I, I think it's fair to say, and that's not to uh, uh, villainize LeBron at all, but yeah, I feel he like said, he said it's it's business, not personal. Yeah, happiness. and they I won't. feel like, and, and I think we've even touched on it on this podcast. Everybody tends to look at LeBron as the leader, and and. Whatever LeBron decides to do, we're going to follow suit. And I think this is just another one of those situations where they're looking at their quote-unquote leader and saying, hey, how, how do you feel about what we're doing here? And Well, here's, here's a different scenario that, that I'm thinking. I think that it's, it's, they're also looking at LeBron not just because he's going to personally make a decision, but I think he's also going to participate in a decision that also makes business sense. Because here's, here's the reality of the situation. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but it appears that we're about to get a second wave really, really soon. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be real with you. Although these major sports entities, the Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, uh, um, you got the um, National Basketball Association, um, and you got the NFL, National Football League. I, I hope I didn't say it twice because I, I know I said league twice. Hopefully I said NHL and NFL. However, and you can even throw the WWE in there. If this second wave comes and this quarantine gets pushed back in another six, seven, eight months, I don't think these leagues can survive going another two year or going another year without having some kind of play. Yeah. I think that you know, the other leagues, it was always going to be the NBA that was going to formulate or figure out something to do during this time. And I think that if the NBA is successful with it, I think the other organizations follow suit. I see the NFL playing in a bubble. I see NHL playing in a bubble. I see the MLB playing probably in open field games with no fans, but finding a way to make it more interactive. I think that in order for the NBA to save their league and to still find a way to generate revenue they have to play this year because next year it might be more of the same you know what i mean because this the numbers isn't dwindling down like yeah like the world is opening back up again but if you've not been paying attention because you've been caught up with everything else 
these numbers are slowly rising again. So it's probably in the NBA's best interest to try to get their top player and that leader to kind of be on board because you got to be able to know what you need to do as your backup plan and your contingency plan. Because if you go another year or even another half year where you're not playing basketball and you're already pushing your season back, it might be detrimental. I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's a real touchy situation because, you know, LeBron's in a peculiar spot because this is the first time that we've really had an athlete be so involved on the social side, but also be involved on the business side, right? Because if this is the 90s and Michael Jordan is that guy, we already know we're going to play basketball. We ain't even worried about what's got to be said because Jordan ain't going to say much anyway. You understand? So, like, in this circumstance where LeBron has been saying so much for social justice and whatever, does it hurt his platform? Does it hurt his advocacy? Does it hurt his standings with the other players in the league? Like, those things do come into play. And it's interesting that Patrick Beverly would just put that out there like that. And, and, and you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, is he saying it just to say it? Or is he saying it in jest? You know what I mean? And, and is this... Like, for example, that whole Kyrie Irving and a bunch of people saying, like, now is not the time. Is this backlash against the league being ran by LeBron? Is this deeper than rap, as some would like to say? Is it really just about the virus? Is it really just about the protest? Or is it about the power of one player? So, I don't know. Hmm, I I don't know. How you guys feel about that? Uh, I don't know, man. It, I feel like it's like the time, like these, I mean, uh, I know it's been said a lot. These are definitely unprecedented times that we're in. And right. it's kind of, it's kind of forcing everybody to look at things in multiple ways. Right. So it's really, I don't know. It's really hard for me to kind of. It's a prism. Yeah. It's a prism, and, and, and when the light hits the prism in a different angle, it's like you're shining a, a, a different part, and now it's different colors, and now you're like, damn, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, damn, exactly. That There's so damn, many like, layers to this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah, man. So. I miss, I miss simpler uh-huh. times. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Dylan, any words, comments, concerns, co- inquiries? No, my biggest thing is... You feel me? If we're about to have a second wave, but niggas about to start a whole second half of the seat, well, end of the season into playoffs, it's like we're going in with no. It's not. It's like they. Don't, I feel like they're diving in without knowing what's about to be happening. Like, what if the what if everything shuts down right by next month, and y'all didn't not, and then you guys shut down again. And it very it very well could. It very well it's could like, all shut and down. And if next it month. if it does if it does shut if it does shut down next month. What I think is a smart move for the NBA and probably why they did it in Florida in the first place, they could apply to be an essential business and say that, you know, people need to stay home. Let's provide them entertainment. We already got these players here. Let's keep with the season. Yeah, because Ron DeSantis said they are not going to shut down Florida again. Period. Yep. And I mean, WWE was considered essential and the NBA is an international entity. So... 
I don't know, man. And it might be moves being made. I don't know, dog. Like I just feel like a lot of the the sense is talking on his ass. Uh, when does he not? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. This isn't a political podcast. We're not gonna right, get. We're right, not gonna. We're right. not gonna dig too right. deep into that. Nah, we <laughs> not. We not. Because then we'll be here for another hour. We start talking about the sentence. Like that one call. All it's gonna take is that one phone call from Machito man, and they shutting everything down again. But facts, and I mean, you never know. Like around this time, you know, uh, not even around this time. Just know that when they're coming towards the end of their season, the way it's looking, I mean, Trump might not even be president. Oh God! God awesome. willing. Oh man. Yeah. So. Yo, literally, oh, literally, you said that. No, you said that, and the sun just peaked out. Like what? the Low sun key? just came out when you said Low that. Key. It's a sign, baby. It started. It's a sign. You right about it's that a sign. Oh. It's a sign. No cap. No cap. No it's cap. a sign. No cap. No cap. Manifested to reality. Manifested. No cap. No cap. <laughs> there it is. That's the name of the episode. No cap. No cap. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway. Uh, I kind of wanted to segue, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to spend too much time on it because we have been talking about it for quite some time. But um, I just wanted to talk about something that was near and dear to my heart, still kind of is. I don't know how to feel yet. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the latest Bucks publication, but they released pictures of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in their black alternate home jerseys. Oh, they released them in all the jerseys. Oh, it was, it's with all the colors? Oh, yeah. I only saw the black. Oh, they're all I, I in got, all the jerseys. I got to be real with you. I thought it was going to hurt, but I saw the pictures and was like, I ain't going to lie. Bro. Those are some snapping pictures. Them they look, look good, bro. Not gonna they, they, look good. they look good, bro. They look good. I'm not going to lie to you. They look good. And I'm glad and, I'm glad the Bucks changed their trash-ass uniforms. So now they, they have decent-looking uniforms to be in. They look good, dog. Yeah, man. They really do, and 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 honestly, and it's you and know, it's not black, knows it's pewter. Pewter. My apologies, pewter. <laughs> oh, they got him in the white. Yeah. Ooh. And he got the little arm sleeves under that bit. He snapping. Hey, what is y'all talking about? That one like clean. Just to let the viewers know, we'll, we, put it, we'll, we'll we'll be on video real soon. Just. Wait on it. Oh, we can easy. put it. We can put it in our, our IG thing with the uh, 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 the logo and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We got that. Um, so I just also wanted to make a mention that I'm. It's not that I'm shocked, but I'm pleasantly surprised that Rob Gronkowski looks as good as he does. Oh, he definitely. Yeah, he, he looks. He's, he he's, in, great yeah. he been, he's in great shape. He's in great shape. Had the chance to do nothing but hit the gym. <laughs> well, he yeah, because he was very skinny around WrestleMania, and people were like, "Uh, I don't know." And like, yeah, he put he put weight on, no problem. He's still very lean, but it look he looks good. He looks like he's in football shape. Yeah, he looks, it, he looks it hurts, like another. But he looks like a wide receiver playing tight end. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. A little bit bulkier, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hurts, but the fact that there is some clean ass jerseys, no, I'm okay jerseys with it. The Buccaneers might low key have. The, the Bucks might low-key have the best uniforms in the NFL. Ah, uh, calm down. Oh, right. no, let's not let's, go too let's crazy now. I don't they know. That could, honestly, that could be a whole other podcast where we look through each uniform. And, and, yeah, I don't know about that one. Really crazy Cause, now. Cause the, the char- they have, the they have good-looking look good. uniforms, but I don't the know if they're the best, bro. I said might. I didn't say it was solidified. I said it might could. Uh, that's what I said. So don't. I ain't got the time for y'all to be jumping on me today. 
That's dead. I'm just saying, bro. Well, you, I'm saying, yeah. You, you, I don't you really, was, I don't really care for what y'all saying. I'm telling y'all what it is. That, you, that's you what was, it is. You know, mighty confident in that statement. You ain't gonna, you ain't and gonna I'll fight be mighty confident when we get back over it again. You, you don't want to fight me over this because either I beat you or you beat me. But either way, somebody gonna get beat. Exactly. Nobody wins because this is gonna kill. Uh, it would kill I mean, me to. It will kill me to whoop your ass. I mean, I, it would kill me to whoop yours, but I'd exactly. be happy as long as you get a little bit of damage. Nah, it's gonna hurt man. the both of us, and I'm okay no with being what the hurt. Fuck? It well, don't make me happy. To be honest, if you get damaged, fuck, I look like it's okay, bro. I wouldn't be happy. I, if you I, get I'd, damaged. I'd win because I'd just be watching and I would just be enjoying the show. Or, no, or, we, or, we, we, we would stop and stop. You'd definitely be involved in this fight. We would definitely throw you in this fight. All right, starting to sound like a triple threat. Fuck you talking about. It, w- it wouldn't be threat, a bill. Ain't no, ain't no triple threat, Bill. I gotta be consenting to a triple threat. Before, y'all ever seen a, a contract? Y'all ever see, you know, I've never seen a fight <laughs> between three individuals just all fighting each other in the street. Because it, one person would gonna get nuts. knocked out early. <laughs> that would be nuts. I would love to no, see that no, shit. It wouldn't happen because one person would get knocked out early. Bro, imagine it, triple it just, threat. Just, imagine just, triple threat UFC fights. Oh Boy. no! Nah, somebody dying. Somebody's, somebody's gonna get knocked out early. They're gonna get knocked out early. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, it wouldn't early. work. It's oh, not conducive. Uh, listen, so it was just reported that Hard Knocks is gonna cover both LA teams this year, Chargers and Rams. Very nice. Only way to do it. Only way to do it. So that's that's breaking news right there. Good shit, Buddha. Facts. Um, um Did you have anything else to add in the world of sports? You know, we, I know we were going to talk, you know, Kaepernick and some other stuff NFL related, but I think we can honestly sit on that for another week. Sorry to break the fourth wall, but I know you're under time constraints and stuff. So I think no, we can, well, I think we well, can sit actually, on that for a week. We can sit on it for a week, but we can, we can, we can designate five to seven minutes and really make a thing of it next week. Cause we'll, we'll have a little bit more information cause it's still fresh. Yeah. But I mean, just to report it on a podcast, it does appear that the that Roger Goodell finally said, "Oh, like I I I'm I highly suggest teams going after Kaepernick." And once he did that, it has appeared that there are some teams that were already like, "Oh, word!" Like it's funny that you mentioned that because we've been looking at Kaepernick. One of those teams being the the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers and and Anthony Lynn is, and he said it in an interview on ESPN that he would strongly consider. I mean, playing or, or having Kaepernick at least come in for a workout. I mean, what, what do you guys, how do you guys feel? Do you feel um, like this I'm is tired of long Get that man a contract. Here's the thing. Here, Well, here's what we got to keep in mind. So this year in the NFL is going to be crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this brief. It's going to be a crazy year in the NFL. Kaepernick will get offered a position on a team somewhere. What that position is, I don't know. And... If he's even willing to accept it, I don't know. What because what you got to think about, especially with the Chargers, is that they they have Tyrod Taylor, and they just drafted Justin Herbert, who's going to be the future of the team. And they also said they're happy with Easton Stick. Uh, what the fuck is an Easton so Stick? That's another guy that they drafted. But I'm oh, just saying what they, they said. I'm just saying what they said. <laughs> so bullshit. on top of that, most of the teams in the NFL this year, we're going to see they're going to have – three to four quarterbacks on their team as opposed to like a normal two because of the way they have these coronavirus protocols if someone tests positive they're going to be uh isolated for two weeks so they're going to need somebody a capable quarterback to step in and they're going to be looking for you know durable uh yeah 
capable quarterbacks. And Kaepernick will get an offer, but I don't know if it'll be the offer he's looking for. So that's that's my only concern. I don't know, and I don't know if he'll take it. Offer him a a different position, like a new, like what position would Kaepernick? No, no, no. I mean. no, no, no. I'm saying no, he'll be offered a quarterback. Like quarterback. I mean, like, he might be like a third string. Yeah, it might be like yeah, a third I mean, string or team, a fourth string. So. What teams could even... I mean, I've, all the teams do all the teams have a definite starting quarterback right now? Definite starting not quarterback? Teams, I would say yes. I would start it. Who? Who like doesn't have a starting quarterback? Even though they got Tyrod? They said, they said they're committed to Tyrod. Shit. Oh. They okay. said they're committed to Tyrod starting the season, and Justin Herbert is going to be sitting and groomed. That's easy. Tyrod always gets that we're committed to you starting the season. Then he get benched about three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, it all, it all really depends. I think it all really depends Who more. Else? I don't think it matters if a team has a... I don't think if it matters if a team has a definite starter. I think it all depends on if Kaepernick accepts a role. Right. If he accepts a role, there's a lot of quarterbacks who could... Who might be, quote-unquote, definite starters that could get their spot taken... If he balls out, so right. I think it's right. it, it puts it, Kaepernick more in the Kaepernick is more in the driver's seat than anything. He doesn't need For it, sure. but if he wants to go after it, he can. And, and, and I you think have, that's the beauty of it, so. right? And then you it's also cool. have someone like a Cam Newton who's taking the approach. He's waiting for a, a top quarterback to go down with an injury in training camp, like always happens every year. There's always Bronco. a quarterback yep. that goes down, so he's yep. just he's he said he's being patient. He's going to wait because he knows it's going to happen. Yep, and I think Jameis is probably going to end up going that route too. Well, so James is already on a team. That didn't go to oh, Miami. Oh, yeah, my bad, too. my bad, my he bad. Yeah, James, James is in New Orleans. He went, he, yeah, he went to the Saints, I know. Yeah, James went to New Orleans. Yeah. He can go to I the, mean, that's a good little look. He can go the to Teddy the, Bridgewater route. He can One go more to the season, see what's up. He can go to Miami. He can go to the Jets. I forgot about James, my fault. Miami's yeah, going to be starting too, a bit. Yeah, they're gonna rush him. I already, I already feel it. They're gonna I rush him back. Like they should. More like, more likely than not. More likely than not. So yeah, man. I mean, it's definitely gonna be some some interesting topics because I feel like a lot is gonna happen within the week as far as reports and what people have to say, especially with Goodell saying what he said. I'm kind of really interested to see who's against it, who's for it, who's got something to say, who don't. And, and that's kind of like why I mean, we did mention it, but you're absolutely right, Buddha. We could definitely sit on this. And kind of really see just wait to see how what it develops. develops from it. Yeah, yeah because I mean, it, it literally came out the other day. Yeah. So you so know, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah. So um, with that being said, I don't know if you guys have anything else to mention in the world of sports. Nah, man, I'm good. All right, awesome. So you know, I, I definitely said that I was gonna do comment for the next couple of weeks um, for Underrated Bars of Fame, and I decided to do another comment song. From the B album, I think the next week I'll do one of his older, older songs. Um, but I wanted to do this one because it was on the Dave Chappelle show. Um, and they performed it live. And their live performance was so good. Um, I'm not exactly sure how the story goes. I don't know if it was just meant to be a performance and they took the performance and put it on the album. Or if the live performance was so good that they decided instead of going with the studio version, they put the live version on the album. But either way, the live version on the album. Um, and the song is called The Food. Um, and it's with Common featuring uh, Kanye West. And uh, yeah, let's make it happen. Uh, 
I walked in the crib, got two cribs, and my baby mama late. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to did what I had to dig because I had to get dough. Duh-oh, duh-oh, duh-oh. I'm up all night getting my money right until the blue and whites. Po-po, po-po, po-po. Now the money coming slow, but at least it can know slow motion better than no-oh, no-oh, no-oh. You love to hear the story again and again about these young brothers from the city of wind. Like juice and gin in the city we blend amongst the hustle titties and skin, 50s and rims. Y'all know the spree wells and the trucks that's detailed, heartless females that want to ride in them. Felt the south side venom in the raw hides and denim. Pimp minds collide with them, a system that tries victims. We living in, my man in the fast lane pivoting. On the block, white is selling like Eminem. On the block, it jump off like Kim and them. On the block is hot, you can feel it in your skin in them. Shorties get the game, but no instructions to assembling. Eyes bright, it seems like the fight is dimming them. Call my man Cuzzo like I'm kidding him. He trying to stay straight, the streets is bending him. I walked in the crib, got two kids and my baby mama late. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to dig what I had to dig because I had to get dough. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm up all night. Getting my money right until the blue and whites. Popo, popo, popo. Now the money coming slow, but at least it can know slow motion better than no oh, no oh, no oh. It's all good in the hood, like rats and gems, throwbacks and Tims, blacks and rims. Whether on ball courts or tries of all sorts, we never fall short with us. It's all forced like air ones. Some waves, some air guns, the days of the fair one is over for. Cats is colder than four below, with self I go toe-to-toe. Wondering if it's for the art or for the dough. Though I know to grow up, you gotta learn to let go. Though I know the dough, I gotta bring back to the ghetto. Arrows on tarot cards pointing to the grind. Poe living in more prisons, pointing to my mind, shine the light up. Clench my fist tight, holding the right up. Freedom fight in dark gear for the years to get brighter. Situations and jaws get tighter. My man trying to get his weight and his height up. Come on. I walked in the crib, got two kids, and my baby mama late. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to did what I had to did because I had to get duh-oh, duh-oh, duh-oh. Up all night, getting my money right until the blue and whites. Popo, popo, popo. Now the money coming slow, but at least it could know slow motion and better than no-oh, no-oh, no-oh. I know that I can make it right if I could just swallow my pride, but I can't run away or put my gun away. You can't front on me. I know I can't let it ride. No, no, not tonight. See, I can't run away or put my gun away. You can't front on me. Yeah, I break bread with these and pastors, OGs and masters, MC and actors that siege and capture. Moments like the camcorder, you ain't killing it, yo, that's manslaughter. Though paper can't change a man's aura, it can feed a man's daughter. I stand for the blue collar on the side making a few dollars. Like Sam Jack, they maneuver through the drama like. I know I could make it right if I could just swallow my pride, but I can't run away or put my gun away. You can't front on me. No, I can't let it ride. No, not tonight. See, I can't put my gun away or I can't run away. The Food, Common featuring Kanye West, Underrated Bars of Fame. I just thought it was a great song. Um, I mean, it's literally talking about all the struggles that come with living in the hood in South Side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think just the word, I think the wordplay that's used in it, if you really read it through it and kind of read in between the lines, I mean, he's literally describing like a day to day. 
pretty much people trying to get out and the only ways they can get out is either through music, drugs, or sports. And if they can't do that, then, you know, they got to sell drugs and whore themselves out. And I, I think this, this is a dope song. Very well done. It's underrated bars of fame. Yes, sir. This nigga spitting. Damn, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I, I think we're 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 ready to to tell the people where they can reach us at, like on email. Uh ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter. Balls underscore podcast. Or on Instagram. Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. What about Facebook? Ball Sports Podcast. There it is. I love it all, man. So, is it safe to say that we are done? It's time to get off the air. Yeah, I think so. 144th time we are doing this. It's time for us to go, man. It's a lot. Isn't it? It is a lot. We appreciate y'all for listening to us once again. Y'all could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but you're listening to us, and we really appreciate that. Just keep listening to us and keep riding with us, and we're going to keep giving you this bomb-ass content to vibe, too. With that being said, we're out of here. Cold Yo, world, bye, bitches. Hoes. Whoa. Wait. Oh, whoa. 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 <laughs> All right. Bye, hoes. Oh, so nigga. Little scallywags. He's talking. <laughs>